Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking to our CBD audience about how to devise an effective PR plan to handle, you know, these anticipated federal government CBD rulings and regulations that could come down by the end of 2020. Um, there's so much coming. Uh, and for, for those of you who are listening who are not in the CBD industry, this also really applies to you as well, because the reality is that things are changing so fast that trying to figure out a plan just for like the next three months makes a lot of sense. So um, I well, hope understanding your right? target audience is so critical. It doesn't That's matter right. what industry you're in. Absolutely, Sarah. So tell us what we're going to be talking about. Well, we're going to break this down, as we always do, into mini conversations. First, you're going to learn how to make sure that you are talking to your target audience. Um, and we've got some different strategies for that. And then you're going to get some of our strategies for crafting messages. And we're going to craft specific messages for specific target audiences. And then finally, we're going to deep dive into how to best reach your customers or your clients quickly. These are some of my favorite words, quickly and inexpensively. That's right. Time and money. Let's save it. Right? Always. So you might have just noticed uh, I dropped a comment in the comment section. If you're joining us live, jump in, get involved with our conversation. We do this for you and we want to know who is your target audience? Let us know in the comment section. And I'd be curious too, if by the end of this conversation, maybe your ideas about who your target audience really is, maybe it's changed a little bit. I think it's really important to have that dialed in, especially ahead of this proposed um, changes when it comes to CBD regulations. Absolutely. And as always, we have a free downloadable. Sarah, you've got it there. Yep. You have a white for us. Um, <laughs> here in the corners. That's, um, that you got to grab off the website uh, on the Move the Stairs um, blog. And what you can do is learn how we keep on top of the newest things that are coming down. So for our CBD clients, that means these regulations. How do you make sure that you're in the know as quickly as possible as soon as the media drops a story? So that downloadable is going to tell you exactly how to do it. And, and it's key to what we're talking about today because you're going to want to react very quickly when these new regulations come down. 
That's totally true. And there's lots of, um, by the way, there are some free tools on here and then there's some paid tools. So there are a number of ways that you can stay on top of what's happening in your, um, in your industry and then think about how that translates to um, communicating with your audience. And again, that wonderful word free, there's a number of things on there that are super free, useful. Free, 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 free. <laughs> So as we know, there are a number of CBD rulings and laws being considered and hopefully being finalized at the federal level. We've been talking about this for quite a while and waiting for these. Some of these decisions could come by the end of 2020. They're coming soon and we need to be ready for them. So this is everything from labeling decisions to dietary supplement designations. All of these things are being considered. And when we get the rulings, you're gonna to need to act quickly, not only in, in product compliance, making sure that the products that you have comply, but also thinking about your PR and your marketing plan. So, you know, you're talking to your customers and your clients about why you're making um, changes and you're using this, um, you know, as we are waiting for these regulations, you're using this as an opportunity to talk to your customers, educate them, bring them along with you. And you're exhibiting, this is how we, we define this as thought leadership. So this right. isn't marketing, this isn't selling, this is positioning yourself as an expert in this area and demonstrating your thought leadership to your audience and making sure that you're on top of this and you're demonstrating you're on top of this and you're ready to go when those changes come out. I think it's really important too. You know, you have to be crystal clear when you're talking about this to your consumers. And we all know, and we have preached this before on some of our previous podcasts and some of our previous lives that you're building brand loyalty through your existing customers, right? So if you're being crystal clear to this target audience, you're going to be able to feed them the newest information. And you know maybe other people are gonna to go to you for that information because they may not be getting it from their usual CBD uh, company and their go-to. And you know, Diane, we have talked about how uh, there's really not a, a loyalty in CBD customer bases right now. So this is just kind of another opportunity here that 2020 has presented you to get into that niche space and actually retain some customer loyalty. Absolutely, and it's a, it's key to brand protection. Mm -hmm. The customer loyalty, there's like a three-legged stool, that's the first leg is you've got <laughs> to have that customer loyalty for brand protection. You know, you always have to have a crisis plan and you have to really be an expert in your area so the, and, you, and handle that media relations part really well. Those are the three, but, but this is such an opportunity um, to, to get that customer loyalty. If you become the go-to place for them to learn whatever new is going on, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. So great opportunity, you know, but the first thing that you want to do so that the time that you're spending is really effective is understanding that target audience like like Sarah was talking about. And we have some research from Brightfield Research that says in July, 51% of the millennials said they're increasing their CBD use. And that's up from 48% in March. So that's quite a, a job, right? Yeah. Um, this group was also most likely to use CBD uh, to deal with anxiety issues. And with COVID and now reemergence of COVID and all the things that are going on. Anxiety the election. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the election. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking about that before 
Absolutely. It, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of permeating our lives. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's, that's one of the reasons that people use CBD. Um, they may also use it for other reasons, for quality of life issues, you know, to feel bad, better after a workout. There's all kinds of reasons that people use CBD. But anxiety is really, from research tells us, that's the number one reason. Now, what's interesting for you is while this is general research that says, this is kind of where the industry is going. That may not be your target audience today. You may have a different target audience. So one of the things we're going to talk about is how to figure out who that is. But knowing where the general research is going says, here's a potential audience that you may want to think about if this is not who you're seeing. And where you are geographically can really impact the type of audience that you have. You know, my parents live in Tucson. Um, and Tucson, especially during the winter, there's all these snowbirds that are down there. So your your target audience might be a much older crowd um, than millennials. But there's also Tucson's one of the fastest growing cities right now in the country. And so you've got a lot of millennials coming in. So it's just something to it's really good to know what the general research is, where things are going. But I also want you to really focus in on who your target audience is so that when you're looking at messaging and when you're looking at talking to them, you're speaking their language. Well, and let's get into that target audience and understanding that. I was just thinking as you were talking about snowbirds in, in, in Tucson, you know, during the summer with when all the folks who just live there year round, you know, you could be talking to a millennial mom audience. In the winter, you might be talking to, um, you know, retired boomers who are, you know, play tennis and play golf and, you know, have aches and pains. Exactly. And so they're looking at, you know, not an anxiety thing, but, a, you know, an inflammation and pain thing. So, you know, understanding those uh, target audiences is really critical. So let's take a look at millennials. If I'm talking to a millennial mom, I am likely to focus on Facebook and Instagram, because we know the demographics, demographics skew a, a titch older for Facebook than they do for Instagram. But the um, stay at home, really hands on mom with the young kids right now, um, you know, they're going to, those are going to be the channels that you're going to jump onto. And you're going to look for things like, how can I reach them on the morning news shows? Right. The, the early afternoon, you know, the four o'clock shows, most markets have like a four o'clock, which is that you know, kind of lighter news. It's what's been happening. It's, it kind of follows up on the, the um, day long talk shows. So it's a lighter focus. They get more into depth. Um, you know, even if, if you're not talking to stay at home moms, these are the moms who, you know, maybe work until three, three 30 and then get home and they're, they're flipping on the TV as they're making dinner and overseeing homework and um, you know, all of that stuff. So that's a, that's a real specific audience, a very female, very mom, um, millennial audience. You might also look at parenting magazines and websites. So millennial moms um, really are, are super connected. So they're connected with their neighborhood um, Facebook group. They're, um, you know, local, I think almost every large metropolitan area has a wonderful parenting in fill in the blank um, you know, there's a Denver parent, Colorado parent, and whatnot. So almost all of these big cities and have next door. Think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, next door, door. Right. the people are on all the time. 
Yeah, um, I agree. Yep. So you could look at parenting magazines and, and websites and blogs and really target in and get to know who are these um, millennial moms? What are they thinking about? What are their issues? What are they concerned about? And how can I um, really target my communication to answer their to answer their questions? Now, millennial dads are not hanging out on the mom blogs. Jordan. <laughs> Jordan? No, we're not. I'm not a dad. Out. You're not a dad, but would you well, hang out on a mom blog for you, ever? Uh, maybe if I was single, I'd be on the mom blog, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but I would say the the space that I occupy the most is Twitter. Um, I And that's not just because I'm a former journalist. Um, I just love getting that information from sports, particularly on Twitter, um, I, I saw this morning and it just blew my mind that somebody had tweeted that there were more positive COVID tests coming from the Patriots. And this was from a beat reporter covering it before the national reporters had picked it up. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Are we going to get to watch the Broncos play this weekend? But uh, that's what I use Twitter for primarily. So I would expect, you know, if somebody was targeting me um, as a CBD user, that's where they're going to put their information out because they know that's where I'm hanging out if I'm their target demo. Right, exactly. Or I would think also um, sports talk radio. Yeah. I mean, if you could find an, an angle that would be a really good angle, you're going to hit your target market there if your target market is millennial men. Um, that would be a great place. And, I, you know, I always try to think of what is really huge right now, and homeschooling mm -hmm. is so huge. And when you talk about anxiety, at least the parents I know, Sarah, are <laughs> – so I, you know, there are some great opportunities there. So you want to kind of think out of the box a bit of how could you talk about lifestyle? And of course, mm -hmm. we're never going to make any medical claims. That's so important with CBD right now. And we'll see where all the regulations go. Um, and we're not going to make any health claims. We're going to talk about quality of life, that type of thing. But if you could reach people where they're having the greatest amount of anxiety and they're looking for information. And I would guess that if you could find, you know, that's where I think the parenting magazine would be very interesting or the mm -hmm. parenting blog. I mean, a parenting, a very well-read parenting blog would be a great place um, for millennial moms right now. You know what? I have a friend of mine who's uh, technically an influencer, uh, millennial. He's, he's a, a Gen X dad, but he's got a nine-year-old daughter and he has uh, a blog and social media that are focused on getting getting your family outdoors, getting your kids outdoors. So that's, um, you know, one of those things that you could think about that's just a little bit unusual. So, you know, he's talking about the importance and the health and the, the you know, health and well-being of his family. That might be an interesting place. You know, you yep. can look at the, some of those real targeted niche, um, you know, places to talk about um, where some of the tips and, and tools and information that you're using to keep your family healthy and right. really functional and, and try to deal with the anxiety and the stress that, that we're all feeling right now as parents. But it's all about understanding that target audience and mm -hmm. Having your bud tenders, if you're if you have a dispensary, um, doing it, you know, gathering information off of your social media about what people like to do, that type of thing. So you really understand not only age and location uh, and um, maybe race, 
but you also understand psychographics. What are they into? What are their hobbies? How many of them really have children? Um, uh, if they have children, how old are they? Because we all know that when you have children, you go through different stages as those kids grow. Um, and so that's how you figure out where to, to really target that messaging. And that's the key is to really understand your audience and then always be looking at how you can expand it. So you're going to build on what you have and then expand it out. Um, and with this new information, I just think that's a great opportunity to talk about what's what's going on and how it impacts you because there are so many people out there that who still have so many questions about whether it's cbd or cbg or cbn it just doesn't matter they're 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 just like what the heck is this and mm -hmm. is it is how much can should i use it, it? What, yeah. yeah exactly exactly so Jordan, we've got uh, questions that we're tossing in here throughout our discussion today. Yeah, so I just posted one, you'll see uh, just seconds ago. What do you see with your target audience? Um, and this is kind of expanding on the question I asked at the top of the hour. Um, are you seeing millennials? Are you seeing more Gen X? Is it Gen Z? That would be interesting. Um, boomers, are they buying your products and where are they located? Absolutely. <laughs> that is a huge thing because if you dive into your website analytics or your Facebook analytics, your Twitter analytics, you're going to see some um, similarities at where your group is hanging out. So as you're working on your marketing strategy um, to getting this information out to them as these new regulations come down, be mindful of that. You want to know where your, uh, where your folks are living so that your message doesn't fall on deaf ears. I think that's super important. You know, we were looking at a potential new tool. Um, we have a depth of really unbelievably powerful analytics tools. And we were looking at a new one yesterday, which is fascinating for identifying um, your target audience. And then from there, what are they doing? What are they interested in? What podcasts are they listening to? What websites are they visiting? What um, you know, media outlets, what terms are they using in social media? How are they trying to access this information? And it's another powerful tool to trying to, as Diane mentioned a minute ago, think about the psychographics. What are the pieces that people are interested in and, and where, where are they hanging out? Where can I go talk to them and get in front of them? And that's another um, really incredibly powerful thing that's available. There's an amazing depth of analytics and knowledge. You just have to go find it and start to ask those questions. So are you going to tell them the name of the tool? I will. I will. It's Spark Toro. Isn't that a great name? Like, it is. Spell it for them just in case. S-P-A-R-K, capital T-O-R-O. -O. I don't know what it means. I don't know where, but it's cool. And Toro, it sounds like a bull. Toro, there's, Toro. A bull there's, yeah. there's a bull in the logo. And you get, uh, you get 10 free searches on it. So I mm -hmm. love that. Um, and, uh, they, they've just been, you know, we started using it and, and I'm like, Ooh, this is a really cool tool. Yeah. Uh, especially the podcast. I think that people sometimes forget that whole podcast thing. Yeah. That's just a great place to have interviews, um, because you have a longer period of time. You can really get into depth and, um, you can go deep and you can talk about your product, but that's just a little tiny part of it. You can show how much knowledge you have, um, and your expertise and, Phenomenal, phenomenal. So 
Um, by the way, you might want, you might be wondering why we call this the Move the Stairs podcast. Um, and that's because um, it's our philosophy at MNC. It's my personal philosophy that whatever life gives you, you look for opportunities within what you get. You don't, you know, my kids always came home and they said their teachers say, you get what you get. You don't throw, don't a, throw fit. a fit. And that's how we work. We try and be as creative as possible. Think really hard within the lines sometimes to get those creative ideas that go out of the lines, but you're not adding anything. You're just looking at something from a different point of view. And that's what Move the Stairs is all about. So we're so glad that you're here and you're listening today and you're watching us. We really appreciate it. I think that's a great explanation. And it's something we incorporate, you know, in, in our day-to-day -day lives. And I take it outside of um, just really quick, Diane, I got to tell you this story because it made me think of you and move the stairs. Last night I made uh, shepherd's pie and I forgot Ooh. to defrost the turkey. Uh -oh. So I took a plate out of the cupboard and I set it on top of where the potatoes were boiling and I put the, the frozen turkey on top of it to defrost it for me while the potatoes were boiling. And I was like, I just moved the freaking stairs. Oh, right. <laughs> turkey stairs. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So, hey, you can take it into real life too, but I digress. <laughs> Let's stay on track. We'll get the train back on the tracks. Uh, moving the into way. the second I want to just derail us for a quick second. Does anybody else, other people's mom, other moms, do their kids text them constantly, even when daddy's home? This is part of the reason that all of us parents have had it up to here. I have said, I don't know how many times, don't bother me while I'm on the podcast. Yeah, I, I got to tell you that when your kids are grown, that doesn't I know. Change. It does not change. I and know. as we all know, our parents text us too. So it's a very interesting. That's true. I'm just sitting here and my phone is blowing up and I'm like, honest to Pete, child. <laughs> all anyway, right. I've derailed us. Jordan, go ahead. Take us away. All right. So part two here is getting into some strategies of how you can craft your message. And, you know, when you fully understand your target audience and you are just in their head, that's a good thing, but now you need to know how to talk to them, right? right. You don't want to talk at them because if you're mm -hmm. talking at them, you know, with industry jargon or uh, just overcomplicating things, they're going to tune out. Even if you, you know, you know what you're saying, but if you're speaking in industry jargon, it may come off as a foreign language to them, you know, in, in TV news. And we use this during media training too, um, and how you can better communicate what you mean to your audience if you're playing inside baseball. There's a, a PR term right there. So we talk about VOs and VOSATs and packages and somebody who doesn't work in news has no idea what oh, that no. means. And in in um, when you're talking about CBD, uh, CBG, CBN, right. what do those things mean? And mm -hmm. so you have to do a little de definition afterwards about what you're talking about, super important as you're, as you're doing that messaging. And that's a way of bringing people into the conversation. Whereas if you're using jargon, you are keeping people out of the, you, you feel right. like, well, I'm demonstrating my knowledge, right? Right. That's why we do it is we want to show, look, I really know what I'm talking about. And I'm super smart about it. And I have all this information and I'm going to dump it out at you. And you're going to think, wow, boy, she really knows what she's talking about. What it's actually doing is pushing people to the outside of the conversation. It's not drawing them in and it makes them feel dumb. And you right. don't Yes. And you don't need to show anybody how smart you are. Um, you need them to come to their own conclusion on that because you just educated them in a way they could really understand it. And you did something for them 
-hmm. believe me, that's going to go a lot further than showing them that you are so smart and you know all the stuff that they don't know. That's not the point of this whole thing, right? Right. So if you've identified that target audience and you're talking to them, I think a good strategy for that would be to start with a Q&A sheet, right? You know, this is a great way for you to write out questions and write out answers while you're visualizing your ideal customer, your perfect customer. And one of the best ways to do that is to actually sit down and have a conversation with them, right? I mean, I cannot tell you how valuable that is to get that insight from somebody who is on the other side of the glass or on the other side of the table um, to really not only understand what they think and you know where they are and their psychographics, but also how they speak and how they communicate. Because after all, you're not just talking to one of them, you're talking to dozens of them, hundreds of them, depending on how mm -hmm. large your business is, thousands or tens of thousands of them. That's really important to not only understand who they are, but also speak their language too. Yeah, I really well, like actually recording some conversation. And of course, you're going to ask beforehand and tell them. Right. The <laughs> Pretty sure I that's illegal if you don't. <laughs> it depends on the state we're in. It definitely depends on the state, <laughs> says the old journalist. Um, but the point is that if you can get their phraseology, how mm -hmm. do they ask questions? How do they answer questions? So that when you're uh, when you're developing your Q and A, when you're developing your messages, it sounds like them. It does shouldn't sound necessarily like you. It should sound like them, which gives another level of comfort in the conversation, of commonality in the conversation. Can make all the difference in the world. When I speak to my mom, who's in her 80s, and I speak to Jordan, who's in his 30s, it's completely different type of conversation. Um, and so I think that and, and how I explain things and what I talk about and what and I know what, what's important to my mom and what's important to Jordan are going to be two completely different things. So how I'm even going to prioritize what I'm going to talk about is going to change. So that's why it's so important to know your target audience so that you know you're right where you need to be in that sweet spot of communicating with them and establishing that commonality. Well, and we can use research to guide this as well. It, it was interesting yesterday, day before we did a, a search, uh, you know, those terms we were talking about a minute ago, CB, CBD, CBN, CBG, right? If you go and do a search, there's a whole, I mean, CBD, the search is off the charts. CBN, CBG, non-existent, right? Non-existent. So that means if you've got CBN, CBG, and you really want to talk about it, you can't put it out there talking only about CBG or CBN, right? Nobody's exactly. going to find it. Nobody's well, asking about those things. Nobody's, it, there's not even a comparative search saying what's the difference between right. it people are not using those terms to look for it. So if those are the terms you're using, trying to be smart, trying to demonstrate your authority, you're it's going nowhere. You're talking into the wind. Right. Unless you're doing an industry podcast, mm -hmm. then that would make sense because I've talked to so many people in the industry that are like CBD. That's like yesterday. We're, yeah, we're, all, we're over here, which is great if you're talking industry people. Mm -hmm. But if you're building your customer, um, your, your, your loyal customer audience, then that's not great because they're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the things that I find so interesting in this industry is it is actually moving very quickly. And there's a lot of things that are going on. And so people are moving very fast. 
and we don't want to leave the public behind um, because they haven't caught up to where we were when we started. So that's really, really important that you know what you're doing and that you're, you're, you're visualizing who it is, who is it really that I'm talking to and where are they on this whole journey as far as what they need to know. I, well, I like and- to think of that, Diane, as like technology because I still have an iPhone 8, right? But Apple just uh, introduced, was it the, the iPhone 12? 12. Yep. Right? So, oh, yeah, for 12? Oh, geez. yeah. So the latest and greatest, you know, the, a very select few people are going to have that or have access to that. Whereas, you know, most of us are still hanging out with the iPhone 8. I think as you translate that to the CBD industry, a lot of folks are still kind of in that discovery phase and that discovery process. And even though that you're ready for the iPhone 12 yeah. um, or the iPhone 12 of CBD, whatever that may be, your customer base may not be there. So it's really important that you're still speaking in a way that they understand. Well, and that you know why. I'll tell right. you why I'm still hanging on to my iPhone 8. Because, hey. Right? I've got a lightning port, which is what all of my earbuds are hooked to. And a new pair of wireless you know, earbuds is $129. That's why. So understanding that's part of the motivation. I'm, just, I'm not just hanging on to it because I'm scared of something new. I've got some goofy reasons, you know, that I've got, <laughs> I've got I don't know, 17 pairs of those lightning earbuds. What am I going to do with those if we switch to... You know, right. the, the AirPods that, that, you know, the batteries last for three hours. That's not useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here are some questions that will help you craft your messaging about the new federal regulations when they come down. And again, they're just going to show up. So that's why you want that downloadable piece so that you know how to make sure that you're monitoring um, the media and you know what's going to happen. But you want to make sure you're using the words and the descriptions you hear from your target audience and your customers when you're writing blog posts, when you're doing social posts, and in any interviews, all this is so very, very important. So I want to know what you think. Um, tell us a time when you really connected with a customer and thought, wow, what a great way to describe how CBD helped their quality of life. So they gave you something that you can really use. And remember, the more that you use their words, the more your messaging becomes about them. Mm-hmm. That is, I think that's the most important thing that you should take away today is that your messaging and how you're going to develop this thought leadership position and, and how you speak is all about them. It is not about you. It's not about how you're selling yourself because you don't have to if you're speaking their language, which mm-hmm. is really, really good. Yeah. Jordan will be back in a second. He, uh, his Wi-Fi was, was dumping out, but let's take a look to next week. Yep. Um, so next week I'll move the stairs and we, t- we talked about this very briefly just a minute ago, the difference between PR and marketing right. and that one it's, you know, boy, they dovetail. Like there's a very good reason that people are confused about that. Um, so the next week, marketing people are confused about <laughs> we're all, yeah, it, we, you kind of have to tease it apart. Let's be honest. Um, but we're going to get into that. Hey, Jordan, we're going to get into that next week, the difference between PR and marketing, um, and you know, how you can use both of them in concert to keep your company healthy and prosperous and to start, 
you know, really thinking ahead. This is the time of year where we are all um, thinking about next year and we're looking at the changes in the economy and the market and, and in our particular industries and thinking ahead. So well, and um, you protect your brand. I mean, that's right. key is how you protect your brand. And, you know, the longer I do this and the more fabulous marketing directors I work with, the more I really get crystal clear on the different skill sets that are needed and you need both. It's so important to have mm -hmm. both. You want your company to really thrive and to be flexible and nimble as we go through all these different crises. And, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see them stopping. I just don't see all these changes stopping for quite a while. We've got a lot of stuff going on. And no matter which way the election goes, there's going to be, you know, reaction to that. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the vaccines and with COVID. And, you know, COVID wasn't even a word in March. Right. So what's the next thing? Mm -hmm. um, and they, it seems to be coming fast and furious right now at us. So being nimble and having a PR plan that really protects your reputation. Listen, you've worked so hard to build this business. I mean, you've put your heart and soul into this business. And what, what is your business really? It's your reputation. And what can be taken down in five minutes on social media? Mm -hmm. Reputation. If you don't react quickly and carefully and thoughtfully. And that is, to me, one of the things we're really going to talk about uh, next week is, you know, marketing is hugely important for selling that product, selling what you do. But PR is so important to protect that brand and that reputation. So I'm off my soapbox now, Sarah, go ahead. <laughs> but I think that's a great description. So we're going to get into that next week. Um, but we're going to keep this conversation going. Um, talking about the, so we, we mentioned it just a little bit, uh, but thinking about the best channels, you know, the best places to go get in front of your audience. Um, now that you know who your audience is, uh, you know where they're hanging out, where to find their eyeballs or their ears. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, what terminology, what they're interested in, what they want to learn. You've talked to them, hopefully you've maybe done some surveys, um, on your, uh, social media, or you've gotten on a zoom call with them and asked to record and said, okay, you know, what do you need to know? What would you like to find out? Um, and your understanding, do they, um, do they want to get more information about CBD, CBN, CBG? Do they really just kind of want to start at the beginning? Um, you know, you've got all of that information and now you're going to, um, you know, get out in front of them. And now you're starting to, as Diane was saying a minute ago, expand your message right. and you're starting to figure out how do I get out in front of the, the biggest number of eyeballs or ears that I possibly can. And when we talk about that, Generally, we're talking about traditional media, and by traditional media, we mean television, radio, newspapers. Um, you know, maybe you could make an argument for for blogs or newspapers, um, but but media that everybody is comfortable with, that they're used to, that they've seen and they've consumed for years and years. Absolutely, but, I think. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I was going to say we have a number of clients who excel with traditional media. Mm -hmm. uh, traditional media coverage. And we have other clients who uh, like to rely on social media to tell their story. So it's, I think it's important 
for you to understand where your target audience is consuming their news from, right? right. So when you're talking about traditional media, you're talking about a very wide and a very diverse audience because yes, people still do watch the news. They listen to it on the radio as well. Um, and you know, for those clients who want to capture kind of that wide um, angle or that cast that wide net of you know people listening to tell their story, traditional media is not a bad spot to do it. Um, when you're looking at social media, it's far can more I, of a focused for just a second, Jordan? Yeah, please. The other thing with traditional media is that traditional media usually translates onto a website story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And while those eyeballs, there's not nearly as many eyeballs watching the broadcasts anymore or reading the paper that's coming to their home anymore and holding it, there are still tons of eyeballs that are going to their websites, right? I mean, so I so I think a lot of people are like, oh, traditional media is old hat. Actually, traditional media has some excellent numbers, right? Well, so yeah. And the other thing to think about that is just as you said, so, um, and here's the, here's the workflow. So you get interviewed in a, um, by a television reporter, they go back to the station, they produce a story and they put it on the air and that gets X number of eyeballs. Then that story gets um, posted to the website and gets 10 times that number of eyeballs, generally, 10 to one. So um, then you get a different um, and additional, much larger set of eyeballs on the um, story that's posted on the website. Then um, that those stories tend to be aggregated either into by the by the outlet themselves or by, um, you know, aggregator uh, 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 bleh, email lists. And then they get sent out the next morning to right. an email list, which, as we know, has kind of the highest open rate, the, right. the highest in, uh, engagement rate of any of these media. So it gets an open rate of, of 25, maybe even a little bit more percent. So you've got three separate um, audiences, three separate sets of um, being in front of those audiences right. in different ways. Right. So don't poo poo um, traditional media That's saying, Oh, nobody gets, uh, you know, my, a paper. Kids don't, my kids don't watch any of the news. That's okay. Right. No because problem. They're, they're on Reddit and they're on the websites. Yeah. And, and they're so getting these yeah emails delivered and they're seeing it or those, those are then getting posted to social media Right. So you get featured on, you know, one of the local stations, then you take that from their website, you post that onto social media. Now you've got a fourth um, distribution channel. And, you know, this and all comes you get to repurpose too. I mean, anything yeah. that you're, so you're getting out to your um, audience, really showing your thought leadership because you've been interviewed in something that is a, a, a credible media. And now you're pushing that out to your people as well. Mm -hmm. So you get a, a double whammy on that one, which I love. Yeah. So that was a long-winded way to say. Traditional media matters. Traditional media matters. <laughs> Earned media, traditional media. But traditional media matters. And yeah. I still do watch the evening newscasts when they're airing. But that's me. But so a lot of people do. If you have boomers, if you have right? boomers, your target audience no, they're watching the local news and they're on TV when it airs. But know that you have all that. You're going to be able to hit so many other places as well, which is very cool. Yeah, right. the news stories that Diane watches, I'm reading on Twitter. 
Same exactly. news story. Yeah. Yeah. Very Different true. consumption. That's yeah. a great point. But sometimes, Jordan, you, you make the decision, right, that it, you don't want to go out to the traditional media because you, it's a really targeted story, right? So right. you want to hit target audience. Right. So I'm sorry. I thought you were going to continue there. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, that's, right. That that's where you're going to look at social media because uh, you know that an audience who follows you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, TikTok, you know, whatever the case may be, they're there to follow your content, right? So you know, chances are you have a plan in how you post content and share content so that you're appeasing you know the needs of those who are following you so um that's when you're going to maybe take something that's um a smaller component let's say of a larger story that you want to bring to your audience specifically to address their specific needs because if you're commenting on new regulations that have just passed on you know cbd labeling and you bring that story as a thought leader to traditional media uh, your audience knows you enough that you can kind of break that down a little further. You can get into the nitty gritty a little bit. Now, remember, you don't want to talk at them. You're talking to them in a way that they can understand, but you can bring them that targeted information, maybe through a drip campaign. Maybe that's part of your educational series that's coming out. You see how it's a very different way to take what you did with traditional media and apply it to your own social media channels and almost um, you're turning it into own content is what you're doing, which is really, really valuable nowadays. Absolutely. You know, I would a, an example I would give is um, I saw that there there's going to be this great webinar on um, CBD and pregnancy. Um, and what, what does that mean? And, and what are the impacts? Um, I probably wouldn't go to traditional media with that yet, mm -hmm. but definitely I would put that on social, especially, and I would tag it to my CBD group to make sure that they knew about it because that made it appropriate. If you go away from CBD, you know, we have all these holiday lights that are going to go on all over the country and all these little communities. And it used to be the goal was to get as many people as possible to come to uh, a lighting ceremony, whether it's a tree lighting ceremony or a gazebo or whatever the heck it is, right? Now it's more of, uh, we don't want huge crowds. So we're only going to put that on social media that's targeted specifically to the people that are close who can come and enjoy it. Um, and we won't have the huge crowd this year. So instead of blasting it to as many people as possible, because that's the goal, because it helps with your branding and all the other things that go along with it this year, that's completely turned on its head. And so that's a, a, I think a really good example of where you would have used traditional media for that broad brush as well as your, as your social, but maybe now you're only going to put it on social. So well, I, right. Go ahead, yeah. Sarah. And one of the other things that's so, so useful with social is that you can get really pinpoint details on how people are responding to it. Yep. So for instance, we have a client and we're working, we call them buckets. Um, so we've got an outdoor recreation bucket and we have a history bucket, history of this um, place. And we have a, um, you know, updates, you know, sort of updates and information bucket. And we've got a couple of specific things that happen on throughout the year. So gardens in the summer and then, you know, beautiful fall foliage in the, in the fall and, you know, potentially beautiful um, winter photos as well. And then some art 
So we've got all of these different buckets. And then in social media, we tag every single message that goes out by we, I mean, Jordan, because Jordan does all of this work. And this is, this is nitty gritty, sniggly detail work. But what we end up with, because this information is shared on social media, is we have a tag report that can show very clearly, these are the things that your audience is interested in. So this gets the most eyeballs, but that might be different than what gets the most engagement. Right. People interacting with it, liking it, sharing it, commenting on it. And we can break it down and say, you know, based on um, the metrics, how we're how these are performing, we can kind of target, hey, let's do a little bit more of this. Let's do a little bit less of that. Let's make sure that we've got these pieces in a particular cadence. And Jordan, that's your work, um, you know, that you do. But I think that that shows you, again, how you can... uh, measure what your target audience is responding to based on what you're putting out on social media. And let yeah, me we use an insider term cadence. I don't think most people out there know what cadence means, but that's the number of times, you know, every week you have a post on Wednesday that's on this topic. Mm-hmm. So, and it's every Wednesday, that's the topic that you're on. So that would can be considered a weekly cadence. So I just wanted to go through that, make sure everybody knew what we meant by that. And content means any, a picture, a, a post, a verbal post, a video, all of that is considered content. So just throwing that out there. Go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. I was going to say you could do this by hand. It would probably be a pain in the neck. You could do it by hand and use a spreadsheet and um, go into the guts of your Facebook page in the analytics. Um, we use Sprout Social for that. It makes it really easy for us. Um, but if you have somebody who can do that for you, by all means, all the power to you. But I think now is the time where you want to get ahead of this. You want to be thinking about this so that if you have an educational drip campaign set to go out and people aren't responding to it or they're not engaging with it, you know, what's the baseline you can measure that against so that you can say, all right, um, they're not getting it. You know, what can we do to make sure that they get it? Because um, we're talking about it on this podcast. So it's obviously important. So how can you translate that as a CBD business owner to your consumers, these regulations and these changes that may come down? And social media is a really good platform to do that if you're utilizing it in the correct way. Well, and I was just going to say, Diane, let's walk through if if we were, um, you know, for a CBD business thinking, OK, how do I get really strategic here about what I'm putting out and how do I quantify this? How would we break down social media content that would that would start going out between. So let's say now in the end of the year, that'll give you two and a half months of really good data to dial in your strategy for when you hit the ground running on, on January one, like how would you start to segment your content into, into buckets and then measure that um, based on engagement in social media? So I would think about the regulations that could be coming down. And could you provide guidance and help questions, answer questions about dosage? That would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, how um, CBD increases the quality of life. That would be very interesting. Um, you know, if the federal regulations come down, you have a news hook that you can use. And that means you can pitch that traditional media. But there are going to be several things that are coming out before the end of the year, we think. And what I would do at this point is when I was writing those messages, I would make sure that those types of questions were answered 
and that I already had. So I wrote the, the question, I wrote the answer, and then I would write, and this is what the social post would be, and I just hold it because I don't want to be writing it on the day that I hear it's coming down. I want mm -hmm. to be writing it. I want to, I want, it may want to tweak it and I yeah. definitely want to proof it, but I don't want to be really thinking about how do I want to construct this and what terminology do I want to use and how am I speaking in their terminology? So I think dosage is an issue. Um, I think that, um, you know, we have how it can impact you. So, so we talked about, um, we're, we're talking about anxiety you could have an anxiety bucket. Um, mm -hmm. Now you're again, until we have something that says that you can say CBD treats anxiety, you're not going to say that. Um, but we know that we're going to start getting, is it a dietary supplement? That's the other thing that we're really waiting for. Is it going to be um, uh, put into the dietary supplement bucket? There are all the labeling and branding issues that go along with that. So it's a good idea to know what they are so that you can move quickly. Cause those people that are moving quickly, those people that are at the front and can explain things um, are going to be seen as the thought leaders and thought leaders. That's where people want to go. They want that credibility. They want to know how much should I take? What should I expect? What's it really good for? You know, there's the whole thing with anti-inflammatory issues and, and pain issues. Um, you know, there's the arthritis foundation just put an entire, um, page up about CBD and usage for people who have arthritis. That's a great bucket right there. I mean, because you have a credible third party organization who's already come out with a statement on it. So you have something to go back on. So that's where I think you have to think about what is it? Where is your client? You know, it's, I don't know how many arthritis sufferers are millennials. And I, and I would have to look and see what's the percentage. If the percentage is, you know, if, if, if um, there's arthritis, that's a certain group, that might be a group that I'm very interested in actually talking to now. Um, and that I would segment out and that might become a bucket. So you have to think about where is, where are those buckets that work for you in your location are you on the, you know, do you have a web store? And if you have a store, then how big is your location there? And then how do you look at all of that? So that's what I want you to think about. I think it's really important. And then I want you to look at the media, at podcasts, and at bloggers. And if you use that SparkToro app, your life is going to be so much easier because they've already aggregated where your customer is getting their information. And now you have places to start listening to and reading and getting, getting to know them so that when you do pitch them, you know what kind of stuff they want to talk about. And then you've already talked to your customers and done your Q and A and you're speaking in your customer's language. You understand what the educational level is of your customers, all those put together, you're going to be ready for when this comes down and you're going to be the thought leader, you're going to be the one who can take their love, their business to the next level. And as we always say, you're going to be protecting your brand, which is so very, very important. And Jordan, since you do the measurement, how would you um, advise someone in the CBD industry to measure these buckets? You know, what would be your criteria? What would you say to a client if you were managing their social media, um, you know, in terms of how to measure this and, and think about building a strategy when for the new year? 
Well, earlier I, I talked about establishing a baseline and I think, you know, any social media manager for your company will have a general idea of how many people are engaging with posts and particularly if you already have, you know, a line or a campaign established for your educating your consumers, which is probably not a bad idea to build that loyal um, uh, customer base as you're adding to the trust bucket and if you've listened to our podcast, you know what the trust bucket is as well. Um, but if you have that baseline that you can measure against, you already know what your audience is engaging with and whether that's looking at the, uh, the nitty gritty metrics or that's just looking at, you know, how many people are leaving comments or asking other questions. You have that idea. So if you can take that one step further as you're introducing this new educational campaign to tell your consumers why things may be changing with your products or how you can talk about your products may be changing, you can look back at those um, earlier results from your other educational campaigns and compare them to what you're putting out now. Are people understanding what you're talking about? Is it relevant to them? If you think it's relevant to them, are you doing a good job to make sure that they understand that it's relevant to them? And then you can go through and adjust your copy. And I think with four weeks of data, um, you should have a pretty good idea, especially if you have a, a usual audience who engages with your content. You'll know if they're going to get it or not. Uh, and you can make adjustments from there. If it's something really, really complicated that comes down, it may take two or three tries to really you know, hone in your message to a way that, you know, the light bulb goes off in the collective audience, uh, your target audience, and they say, oh, I understand this now. Uh, but they'll appreciate that if you can go through and fine tune it into a way that they can understand if it's something overly complicated. You know, and I love taking those buckets. If you know what the three or four things are that are on your social media, and when you do a podcast or a blog, Make sure that what you're talking about fits into those buckets and clearly call out that bucket content. Um, so if you're talking about dosage, talk about dosage. I mean, but make sure so many times you get to provide the questions to the interviewer. Make sure that you're very strategic, that you're thinking about these are the four things that I'm talking about, that I want to reinforce, that I'm really good at. And use that when when you're being interviewed, if you have the opportunity to write the questions. I think that's huge. Well, that's a great point. And I think this has been a seriously useful discussion. So let us know in the comments how you're going to use this brand protection strategy going forward and planning out your goals for the new year, how you're going to use this. And if you have questions, will you let us know? You know, we're happy to um, chime in and, and uh, provide some feedback and help you think about it. Because you know what, guys, this is complicated, right? right? I mean, it's not rocket science, but it is complicated. And being strategic in every single touch point um, takes some time and it takes some expertise. You know, just getting back to the rockets, I have known several rocket scientists and I didn't know they were rocket scientists because they didn't tell me. They just spoke so beautifully and so clearly, and I learned so much from them. Um, and then later on, I found out that they had, were real rocket science um, scientists. And I just, it's, it's, I just love that because it isn't rocket science. It's all about being clear and concise and compassionate and consistent. Our four C's. 
Um, and if you if you can figure out this is what I want to talk about, this is how I want to talk about it, I want to talk about it in the right language, and I know who I want to talk to and bring into the conversation because it's all about them, then I think you've really got something that is going to be phenomenal for protecting your brand and, and building your audience and selling more of whatever it is you're selling. Right. So to recap the conversation today, um, and boy, we've covered a lot of ground, but first we started out with um, talking about the upcoming federal regulations and figuring out exactly who your target audience and really specifically, it's going to be your target audiences because it's going to be more than one group. Um, So you've got to figure that out. And then using the channels where you're going to reach the greatest number of those target audiences, your customers, your clients. Um, And that's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. It's going to save you energy. And it's really that building block of protecting your brand using those um, channels and, and that language and that outreach appropriately. And then, you know, talking about figuring, putting this all together, making sure that you're looking ahead, thinking about these changes in regulations and thinking about how this is all going to work to um, put together your end of year PR plan. We don't mean to close out 2020. We mean to start 2021 so that you hit the ground running um, on New Year's Day or the day after um, with a great strategy, a baseline, as Jordan said, a really clear picture of who you're talking to, where they hang out, what they consume, where their eyes or their ears are. Um, That's what we covered on the Move the Stairs conversation today. And boy, we hope it was really helpful to you. We have a ball doing these. We have a great time. And um, I hope it's useful to, to everyone out there as they think about closing out this very interesting year and looking ahead to new things and exciting things to come in the CBD industry in 2021. Yeah. And just remember, we're here to help you every step of the way. You know, we want to help you protect your brand, build your business. We want to offer our strategic public relations, our insider media relations from all of our years spent working on the air and behind the scenes in news. And of course, our crisis communications. Remember, we're here for you with this Move the Stairs Friday chat and podcast. So how can we help you? feel free, drop us a line, send us an email. Sarah's worked so hard to revamp our website. And it looks awesome. Yes. You can visit us at mnccommunications.com. And you can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search the at mnccom. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you right back here next Friday. Same time, same place.